Start your Bible. Si tienes su Biblia, ven, ven conmigo, por favor. Al libro de Primero de Pedro, capítulo 5. If you brought your Bibles, go with me, go with me please, to 1 Peter, chapter 5. 1 Peter, chapter 5. Praise the Lord. It's a blessing to be here the house of the Lord, the house of prayer, knowing that God is here with us. There's no greater feeling to have than we are in a, we are in a house of prayer that God is here with us tonight. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. And then afterwards, we're going to jump to 1 John chapter 4. But here, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 9, says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Now go with me to First John. 1 John, primero de Juan, capítulo 4, 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. When you have it, please say amen. Praise the Lord. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. It says, you are from God, little children. And have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Tonight I want to use as a theme theme for this message, no pickpockets allowed. Mi tema por ese, por ese mensaje, el, el, el enemigo no tiene lugar en su vida. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the word which is alive and active in our hearts. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that is here with us tonight. And I pray at this very moment you would open up the ears, the ears of your congregation to hear your word. And you would use me as an instrument for your honor, for your glory, to proclaim your word. And that we would not forget that you are here in this place with us. And that you are the center of every, uh, of, every, of every aspect of our lives. We give you this moment. We give you this time in your presence. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. Puedo tomar su lugar. No pickpockets allowed. Just so you know what a pick what a pickpocket is, if you're ever if you're ever walking walk, uh, walking down the street, a pickpocket is a person who would sneak their hand into either your back pocket or your front pocket and take something that belongs to you, a phone, a wallet, an item that you that you know belongs to you, but they have this idea that it belongs to them. So tonight, I want you to declare over every aspect of your life to the enemy, no pickpockets allowed. Why is that? Because the enemy seems to have this idea that if we submit to what he wants, he can have room in our lives. But I've come here to tell you that if you 
plant your faith in the one who has never failed us, that being Jesus Christ, the enemy will not overcome you. Why? The word said it so clearly. Greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in, in the world. The enemy being a being the best pickpocket out there. The Bible call, the Bible calls them a thief. What did he what what does he come here to do? To kill, steal, and destroy. And that means every aspect of your life the enemy is out to target. Why is that? Because the father of lies sees that the father of truth is alive in you. And whenever truth starts to dwell deep in your life, every aspect of your life becomes blessed and favored. You know that, yes? Why are you why are you blessed and favored because it's not by any anything that you've done but it's by what God has done in you. We could not have received the salvation, this freedom that we have by the work of our own hands or how many or how many elements we could have given of our lives to God. The only thing God God required of us is faith and Friend, faith is believing what you do not see. Though I do not see him, I love him, and he loves me. And that's, and that's all what it's about is that he loved me so much. God the Father sent his only son to die on a cross for me. Was that the end of the story? Of course not, because we're here right now. The story kept going, and it's still alive. Why? Because three days later, the Bible tells me that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and he rose with the keys of death and Hades in his hand. You have victory because he is still alive. Who is alive? Jesus Christ. And where is he alive? He's alive in me. He's alive in me. Now, what I want you to do tonight, we're going to talk about three areas where no pickpockets are going to be allowed. The first one, no pickpockets allowed in what God has said about me. In what God has said about you. Think about this for a moment. Every portion of scripture, there is one central theme. That theme, my friend, is not us, but it is the Son of God. The scarlet thread of redemption throughout the scripture. Every story points back to the cross. Why is that? Because the cross is the, cent- is, is the center of redemption for us. That's where we find freedom. That's where we find everything we could ever need. The solution to all life's problem is found at the cross. And not just any cross, but the cross that Jesus Christ di- died on. The one where we received, where 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 we where we received the pro, the propitiation for our sin, our freedom. We have been adopted by grace, and we and that happened for us at 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 the cross. So, if you have said with with your heart that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, praise God, you're a child of God. You're free. You're a child of the one true king. And the enemy cannot take that away from you. There were many times the enemy will look at you and say, you do not belong to God. Look at the devil and say, God has written freedom on me. God has written love on me. God has written child on me. There's many things the world will try to throw at you saying that you do not belong to God. There are, many, there, there are lies that they say you are not loved. You're not cared about. You're not going to be blessed. You think favorite is even in your dictionary. Get that out of here. Tell the world, I know who God says I am. I know that if I put my faith in him, I can be called the child of God. God's love for me is greater than any amount of hate that we could receive from the world. 
You know, you know why the world doesn't like what the church is doing? You know why they don't like it? Because we have something that they can never understand. We have the presence of God with us. We have the glory of God pushing us. We have the anointing of God pouring out over us. That's not something they can understand. A world would spend centuries trying to figure out why a, why a person who was once dead is lying in a hospital bed and the doctor said, time of death, so-and-so. But God says, no, we're not done with him yet. Hallelujah. Who has the last word here? Does the world have the last word? Last time I correct, God created this world. So if he created, then he has the last word. So if there's a situation happening in your life right now that said that the world is saying, put, put your time card in, you're done. Say, no, I'm working overtime tonight because God is working overtime in me. Is he working in your life right now? Yes, he is. And you know why? Because God is an active moving agent. You know, you are always on God's mind. And that's something that we can never understand for ourselves fully. Because no matter how much people say they love us, we can, no one can ever say, you've been on my mind all day. No, I haven't. <laughs> you know whose mind you've been on all day? You've been on God's mind all day. We have, we, have, we have friends in Mexico, Chile, Peru, Guatemala, Argentina. You know, they're all on God's mind too right now. You know, God, you, you know, God is moving all over, all over the world at a, Sunday, at, a, at a Sunday night service. Some of our friends, they worshiped a couple hours ago. Some of our friends are getting ready to worship in a couple hours. Regardless, God doesn't rest, so he's at every single church service, and he loves to hear his children say, great is the Lord, and he, we love to sing to him. Why do we love to sing him? Because Not because God does good things for us. It's so much more than that. It's because God... God is worthy of our service. You know, the reason, the, the, the reason why I feel so strongly about this word, about this word pickpocket is because me personally, and let's see, who, who here likes to have their stuff taken away from them? I should see no hands in the air tonight. <laughs> Nobody likes their stuff taken away from them. So let's put it in, so let's put it like that. Let, let's put it in this situation. Would God want his glory taken away from him? No, he would not. So why have we even given any room to the enemy to take that away from God? You know, there are some situations in life we don't understand why we go through them. Some are really hard, some are hard, some are good, but altogether sometimes we do not understand why we're in, why we're in the situations that we're in, but you have to remember this, that every situation you are in is because it's going to give God the glory in the midst of it. Before it, in the middle, and after, God is going to get the glory. Why? Because you were made for his glory. The scripture says, not to us, O God, not to us, but to your name be the glory. We don't sing about us. Who do we sing about? We sing about Jesus, the one who is worthy of the glory. You were made to give him glory. The enemy will try to tell you, don't even lift your hands. Don't even lift your voice. What's the point? God's not going to hear you. You know why he says You know why he says those things? Because he doesn't want you to give any amount of glory to God. He has spent his entire lifetime trying to steal glory away from the Father. But let me tell you this. There is nothing that can, that can take away God's glory from him. So you were made to help in that. All around the world, God's people are singing together that God is worthy of the glory. This is what God has said about you, that he wants you to worship him. The scripture says that one of my favorite verses, Psalms 139, it says, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It says, Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows it very well. 
you know, you were handcrafted by the creator. I want you to think about it like this. Who's ever, who here owns a rug in their house? A nice big rug somewhere. You know, for every rug, every little strand you see, or better yet, I'll start with this. The border on the out, on the out there's five, at least 500 knots for an 8 foot by 10 foot rug. At least 500 knots on each end. And in between that, a million knots working together. And they say that a, that, that a rug is only as creative as the person who originally designed it. So think about that. A million knots. So much more has God creatively made you with gifts, talents that you are meant to use for God's honor and glory. Some of you have gifts that you're afraid to show because you're actually my afraid that God will do something with it. It's not a wasted talent, but it's a delayed talent because it's in you. God wants to use that gift in you, but you're, but you're waiting, but you're waiting for I, God knows what. I don't know. One thing I, one thing I do know with all, with all of my heart, if there is a gift stirring up inside of you, there's a burden in your heart, more than likely God is calling you to do it. There is something special about a calling from God. It's that nobody else can instill it in you but God. He would say, son, I've called you to do this or I've called you to do that. Well, guess what? He's going to give you the strength and grace you need to do it. Uh, sometimes we like, to say, we like to say, I feel called to this ministry, but I'm going to wait for the Lord to, op- to, open a, to open a specific door. I'm going to wait for him to do, it, to, to do it this way, yada, yada, yada. There's two, there's two things you need to, un- you need to understand. That. I, lo- I, do lo- I do love specific prayer. Yes, I, yes, I do. And God will answer, your, answer, answer the desires of your heart, but he will do it on his time, and he will do it on his plan for your life. His thoughts are so much higher than yours. His plans are so much greater, are so much greater than our than, than our plans so if you want so if you don't want anyone to take that away from you start believing in in your heart that this is what God has said about you that you are called you are blessed and you are highly favored and whatever you do for his for his honor and glory you will be blessed in doing it you will be blessed say this with me I will be blessed now say this I am blessed God will bless you while you're waiting God will bless you while you're waiting while you're waiting for his next move. No, we do not want to go ahead of God in any in any any moment of our life. You know, this morning, this morning with the kids, I I use this as an example that sometimes whenever we were growing up, we'll we'll have a job that we're supposed to do like um, we're supposed to maybe clean our room or we're working on a special project in our room. And then our mo- our our mom and dad or someone will come in and say, "Here, let me show you." No, I got it. And then you, they come back again and say, here, let me help you. No, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. And then eventually we get back to where we're saying, Mom, Dad, I messed up. And what does Mom and Dad do? They come and they help you fix it. This life that you have, God wants to help you with it. He wants to walk with you hand in hand. He wants to carry you in the. He wants to carry you in the hard times. He wants to go with you over the mountains in the good times. There is not. There is not a moment when God is not attentive to every need that you have. Remember, friends, God does not move by your need. He's never been a God to move by your need, but He has been a God to respond to faith. 
And that's why whenever, whenever, whenever we pray, whenever we worship God, take advantage of that. You have an open door to ask the presence of God to come and dwell in this place. Take every open opportunity you can. Keep in mind, worship is not limited to here at the altar. Worship is not, li- is not, is not limited to prayer, to the prayer time. Worship at home. Worship on the way to work. Worship at work. Worship while you're eating. Worship, worship, worship. Live a life that, that, that is worshiping God with all that you have because that's what you were made to do. That's what God has said about you. The second thing where you, you do not want to let pickpockets in and what the Lord has done for you. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. You want to know what the Lord has done for you? Let's take a look. Verse 14, Therefore, since the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who hath the power of death, that is, the devil, and might free those through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Friend, in case you don't know this, you were born into sin. You were born separated from God. And at one point in your life, it became necessary that you understood that something needed to change. You couldn't do life on your own anymore. And if you still think that way, friend, I'm sorry to tell you, you cannot do life on your own. No one can. There's never, there's never been a person who can do life on their own except for, except for one person. His name was Jesus Christ who was life. He was walking on this earth and he gave his life so that you could know what real freedom looked like. You know the enemy can't take that away from you? And I promise you this. I do promise you this is that, it, is that if you have recently accepted Jesus Christ or you're still trying to discover what Jesus Christ wants to do in your life, there is a voice in the back of your head that tries to tell you that it didn't work. That's the enemy, my friend. The enemy will try to say, did you really accept Jesus? Is that really what the Lord said? Are you really free because you're still thinking about what you did yesterday that was, that was apparently wrong in God's eyes? You ever hear that voice? It's an annoying voice, isn't it? <laughs> Here's the thing. You have the power to silence out that voice, to get it out of your head. Devil, flee from me because the only voice I want to hear is the voice of God. And you are able to hear the voice of God. The enemy voice cannot overpower the voice of God in your life. And so, when the enemy tries to tell you, says, I am God. Ooh, yeah, he does say that. Why? He's the father of lies. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So why would you spend time even letting a liar breathe life into you? He's not breathing life. He's breathing death. Why? Because he doesn't want you to have life. God gave it to you, and he wants to try and take it away from you. But anyone who has accepted Jesus Christ, the enemy can't take that away from you. He even told the Lord himself, he brought him up to a mountain after, after our Lord and Savior fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He brought him up and said, all of this, he's talking about the many kingdoms of the world. He showed Jesus, all of this could be yours. You know what Jesus showed him? And this is what 
we need to tell the enemy every time he tries to he tries to shower us shower us with pleasures and riches that only that only the world can give tell him flee from me satan i don't need that stuff in my life i am favored by god the silver and gold belong to god it doesn't belong to me God has given you everything you could ever need according to his riches and glory. If you have a job, praise God, he's blessed your, he's ble- he's ble- he's blessed your hands to work. If there's, if there's anything that you have, he has blessed you with it. And believe me, as surely as he's given it, as surely as he can take it away. But that, but, but that does not limit the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness to God is for an eternity. Someone, I remember I asked a kid, I thought it was the coolest thing. I said, how much do you think God loves you? And he went like this. I said, yes, exactly right. As far as from as far as the east is from the west, so much has he wiped away transgression from us. Did you do it on your own? No. Did somebody else give it to you? Absolutely not. But God gave it to you. God hand delivered it to you. I promise you. I promise you this. That is a sure promise. A sure promise that God gave you his very best. He didn't limit himself. And sometimes we limit what we give to God. Let's be honest. Is this true? Yes, it is. I remember I heard a story. A father told his son, son, I need you to build me a house. I need you to go get everything you need. Money's not an object. Build me a house. And so the son started building a house and he started and he was going about the proper process to do it. And then he started noticing where he could cut corners a little bit. It's like, oh, he doesn't, he, doesn't need the, he doesn't need the thicker screws. He can just use a little one. Or he doesn't need the most durable wood in the wall. He just, he just, he just needs something to get by. He'll be fine. So his dad was asking him, build me a house. And the son was building a house, but he was building it at a lower standard. At the end, when the house was finally finished, the son said, dad, here's your house. And the, and the father told him, this is your house. I'm giving it to you. I bet if we were given that same deal, but with that stipulation in the beginning, we'd be building the best house we could we could ever have. But he limited it. Why? Because he thought it wasn't for him. Whenever you worshiping God, it's not for us. It's for him. He's already given us everything we we could we could ever need. So all we need to do is declare it in faith. I have what God has already promised me. Walk with favor in your step. Walk with blessing in your step and knowing that this is what the Lord has done for you. If you accepted him as, Jesus, accepted him as Lord and Savior, as who he really is, you're blessed. You're favored. And even before that, you were blessed and favored. You just didn't even realize it. You're still breathing. And I, I like to believe this, that if a person is still breathing, God is not through with them yet. Don't throw in the card yet. Some of you, I may not know every single one of your life stories, but some of you could have, been on, could, could have been on a hospital bed and the doctor said, we've done all we can do. But there comes God saying, I haven't done everything I could do. I haven't done, I haven't given the last word yet. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. And whatever, and whatever situation you may, be trying, you, you, may, you may be trying to walk through, if you feel like there's something holding you back, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going because God said, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go with you over the mountain that you think is too high to climb. There is a God who is stronger than the mountain. A mighty fortress is our God. You know, think about this. 
whenever we, whenever we've done anything, anything that the Lord has pulled us out of, like there was an incredible journey to get out of this, of this terrible situation you may, you may, you, you may have been in. Never, never tell anyone like this. Oh my goodness. My life was so bad. My life was the worst. My life was so much worse than yours. Like there's nothing you could say that could come out of your world that is worse than mine. But praise be to God. Say, look how he lifted me. Instead of saying how bad the situation could have been, friend, it could have been a lot worse. But he lifted you out. He lifted you out. He gave you victory. He hand-delivered it to you. You know, Joshua, whenever he, whenever he got through, he crossed, he, he crossed the body of water he was crossing. He saw a man, with this, he would say, with the face of an angel with a sword drawn in his hand. And he went before him and he said, are you for us or are you for, are you for our enemy? And he said, neither, but I stand as a captain of the army of the Lord. Basically, he was, telling, he was telling Joshua, I want you to be on my side. I want you to be on the winning side. Know this. The captain of the army of the Lord has hand personally enlisted and commissioned you to do his work. He called you. A recruiter didn't call you. An angel didn't come, didn't come and tell you and tell you that Jesus loved you. Jesus told you himself. He loves you. He enlisted and commissioned you to do what God has called you to do. And ultimately, everything that we do. It boils back down to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Go into all creation and preach the gospel. What is the gospel that Jesus saves and he saves today? This is what God has done in you. This is what the Lord has done for me. Third thing. Don't allow any pickpockets, no pickpockets allowed in what God is doing right now. What God is doing right now. How many of us know God is on the move right now? How many of us want God to move in our hearts right now? We don't want to wait till tomorrow. We want to know that tomorrow is already favored and blessed because God is on the move right now. Don't be afraid of tomorrow because if God is moving in you right now, tomorrow is nothing to worry about. It has its own worries. But know for today, God has given you victory. He is on the move today. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 verse 18. Verse 18 and 19 says, Do not call to mind the former things, or ponder things of the past, says, Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You know, if you go and tell all the world's philosophy that there is a God out there that said that he will make rivers in the desert, they will spend night and day, day and night trying to disprove it. But pay very close to what the Lord said at the beginning part of verse 18. It says, I will do something new. I will give you something new in your life. In your life. God has promised you that there is an open opportunity to receive more. If you seek him, friend, you're going to find him. 
And the more you find him, the more you will love him. You're going to love him more than, more, than you, more than you did yesterday because he's doing something new in you. Over the course of our lives, the situations, the trials, the tribulations, the good times, the incredible times, the miraculous times, in, in the midst of every time of your life, every season in your life, God brought you to a new level. A new level saying you are going to go even higher. He has called you to be blessed, to be favored, to go even farther than where you were yesterday. If God, if God is moving you, why would you want to slow down? Imagine this. All, all of you just think for a moment where you were five years ago. And think about where God has put you right now. Do you think five years ago you would have imagined yourself being right here? What you're, what you're doing right now, the victories that the victories he allowed for you, he allowed you to walk with. Can you imagine it? No, we no, we really can't. And even and even in five years, we can't we can't even say, I believe I'm gonna I'm gonna be here. We can't even say that. Why? Because we don't know how God is going is going to move then, but we do know that God is going to move. Who believes that God is going to move? He's moving. He's moving in you, he's moving in what he's giving you, and he's moving in this place of worship. Now, whenever you leave this place of worship, don't drop the move of God at the door. Don't drop what God is doing at your chair. Don't drop it. Don't drop it in the Bible. Shut it and then wait for, wait for the next time you come back to receive it. There's so much more than that. There's so much more than, there's so, there's so much more to what we know. A lot of times we like to base our situations on what we can see. Oh, it's not finished yet. God, why am I not there yet? Why have I haven't received the victory yet? Friend, we said God will bless you while you're waiting. What did he say? Those who wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. And sometimes it takes a little while for our wings for our wings to sprout out, but they're coming. They're coming. If you wait on him, they're coming with no, with no anxiety. Just trust him. You say, oh, but friend, that's hard. Oh, I know. If it was easy, the whole world would serve God. Even better, if we knew, if we knew our waiting time, it'd be even easier. Whenever, we're, whenever we order something online, what do we do? We're checking every day when it's coming in. Even though it said one to two weeks, okay, day three, it's been, it's close to a week, we're midway there, we're waiting at the door. And you're just looking at it, waiting. And then you don't want to leave the door, because if you're like, if you leave the door, you're like, oh, it's going to be there. There's not a problem with that, you can go back to it later, it's fine. But, if you notice, whatever God has in store for you, he's going to give it to you on his time. So if he's moving now, the port and the area that you're that, that you're that you're working in or the areas he's preparing for you, he's going to work with you in your time. What did the par- what, what what did the parable of the ten workers? One worker came in, came in early in the morning, began and worked the entire day, and the last worker worked, only worked a small portion, if even worked at all, and received the same the same wage. God will bless you while you're waiting to work. You 
have this desire to serve God with all your heart. And that's the most amazing thing you could have is to say, God, I'll serve you with every ounce of my being, even if it costs my entire life. But I don't want to move unless you're moving in me. And we are a church that will say, God, we will not move unless you're moving in front of us. God's not following us. We're following God. And we're going to follow God, even if it means if you're, if you're walking there, or if you're on your knees, or even if you're crawling, you are still got to follow God because though the world may throw as much weight on you and keep throwing even more weight, remember that God is the lifter of your head. So if you've been beat down, remember that God is going to lift you up on his time. Some of you have been praying for a desire in your heart for five minutes, five years, five months, 50 years. The time goes on. God is not limited by time. So in his time... In his moment, in his, in his set-apart set time for glory, he is going to move. You know, my mom had prayed for me for years, for years to know who Jesus Christ was. And I grew up in the Pentecostal church. They had service six nights a week and not including the daytime. And don't you dare fall asleep underneath the pew or you're going to feel fingers twist your ear just like that. Get up. Okay. We all know what, some of us really know what that's like. And then it wouldn't be finally until I came to know him on one incredible Sunday morning. I heard the voice of God. And friend, I asked God one thing that day. I said, Lord, if you're real, like everybody says you are, I want to hear your voice for myself. You know, he's kept up with that promise every single day. Every single day he's kept up with that promise. Yesterday, yesterday at the youth convention, I was praying over a young man, and I felt like I heard the Lord tell me to tell him a word, and I said it, and it blew me away. It blew my mind. I felt like I heard the Lord say, it was like a question, say, is it even possible for you to escape my thoughts when you are always on my mind? Is it even possible? No, of course not. It's not possible. You're always on his mind. Whenever God has a great move of the Spirit for this specific time, you're on his mind. You're a part of it. If you're in this era, you're alive and breathing in this era, I don't care if you're two months or if you're 200, if you're alive right now, you are destined to be a part of what God is doing right now. There's a purpose in your life. If you want to know what God is doing right now, you need three things. One thing you can need, you need an open heart. Not a hard heart, but an open heart to hear what God wants to do right now. Whatever God wants to do, let our hearts be open to receive it. The second thing is a teachable heart. Let the Lord teach you. He's called a great teacher. Why? Because he teaches the best. And he knows how to, how to work with you as you get older. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, he is trying to teach you how to live for him even more than yesterday, even better than yesterday. We may not be as wise as we were five years ago. We, no, let me, let, me, let, let, me, let me swap that. We probably wish that the wisdom that we had right now, we had five years ago or even 10 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. But you know, God, God appointed that time so that you could learn more about who he is. Learn to trust him more. 
you got to be able to know how to trust God. And a teachable heart says that I will trust God even if the situation doesn't look that good. It may not look easy today. It may not even look easy tomorrow. And it may never look easy. But if you trust him, he's going to lift you up. I promise you, if you trust him with all of your heart and all your soul and everything that you believe, putting your trust in God, he is going to lift you up. I promise. The enemy will try to take that joy away from you, try to take that truthful heart away from you. And he'll do everything he can to do it. The scripture says that, but that God is a valiant warrior. I said, God is a valiant warrior fighting for you. He has given an open opportunity for your heart to hear his voice, for your heart to be able to learn more about who he is. And then the third one, this is the most important one, is a mended heart. There may have been some situations that really broke your heart in two, maybe even more pieces than that. Some nights some night you went to bed crying, crying yourself to sleep because you just didn't know what to do anymore. Someday, and you may have woken up crying, you may have woken up crying again, but you know who can mend the broken heart? The scripture says that he opens his ear to the brokenhearted. He has given, he has given you an open opportunity to hear his voice even whenever your heart is broken. It's been such a crazy journey for us some days. Some days we are so broken we throw ourselves at this altar. Because we have nothing left some days. We have nothing more than just to give our, 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 last, our last bit of praise, our last bit of our song, our last bit of our cry. But God is able to mend the brokenhearted. God is able to heal you from what hurt you yesterday. God is able to break the chains that were holding you back from going where he wants you to go. As Brother Josh comes, Jesse, will you come here real quick? Like we said, just walk right behind me for a minute. I want you to imagine that Jesse is the affliction that can come with living a life for Christ, okay? Some days you're walking on cloud nine, everything's going just great. A couple years went by, everything's going good, right? No problems, bank is doing fine, kids aren't acting up, yada, 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 nothing got broken, everything's going well. But then, trial hits. Now, what I want you to do as I walk, I want you to pull on my shoulders to try and stop me from moving forward, okay? And sometimes you feel a little weight behind it, right? But you're still going. You're still pushing through. Why? Because God is pushing through for you. And some days you may feel no progress at all. You may feel nothing at all. You may feel like you're just, you're going backwards now. But God says, I'm going to bring you into a new place. He says, I'm doing a new thing. So whenever you start doing that, the weight starts to get a little lighter, doesn't it? And you're walking again. You're walking again. Why? Because God has lifted you up when you were broken. Somebody should be praising God tonight because you were broken. But he lifted you up. 
He said, you're not going down. You're going to be lifted up. Grace says, there's a second chance. Well, God, I've broken the second chance. Well, guess what? There's another second chance. It's called grace. Grace is a person and he's alive in you. And if you don't know him, you can know him because he's given you an open door to receive him. Where is the voice of the church saying amen? Because there's an open door to hear the voice of God. Will you stand with me? Some of you have probably been fighting for a very long time to receive your, to receive a blessing from God. You may have felt like that God has been far from you. Well, guess what, friend? He's never been far. You've always been on his mind. There hasn't been a moment where he's forgotten about you. He loves you. He's called you. And he has a special purpose for your life. The trial you're in right now, it's not going to be forever. You're not going to die with it. You don't even have to keep living with it. Put it into the hands of God and watch what God will do. God is moving right now. He's moving in you right now. Don't wait for next Sunday to receive the blessing. Don't wait for tomorrow morning to go and give it to God. Give it to God right now. If you're struggling, give it to God right now. If you're fighting, realize that God is fighting for you and he's giving you victory. Receive the victory right now. Fight for it. How do you fight for it? Friend, just believe. You have to do nothing else. Just believe it. You would say, Brother Jake, I had a fire in my heart years ago, but I don't know where it went. Friend, it's been waiting for you. God's waiting for you to pick it back up. Pick it back up. Make it live again. You thought it was dead, but God said it. But God said, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not finished with what I want to do in your life. That's what God is saying to you. Don't fight with God in the way that says that you aren't going to receive. Don't fight with him. He's trying to give you more and give you more and give you more. Give it back to him. Saying, God, you've given this to me. I'm giving it back to you. Saying, do with it whatever you want. This is my. This is not even my life. You gave it to me. And guess what? I'm giving it back. My life is not my own. Your life is not your own. He has given you everything you have just so you can give it back to him for him to receive the glory in the midst of it all. Even the trial you've been hand delivered, you may have thought, God, why me? Why me? Why'd you give it to me? Why did you let my family go through the fire that fire that we walked through? Why are we still in fire right now? Friend, you know that there were three men who were standing in a fire pit one day named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And whenever they opened the furnace, they said, wait, there's a fourth man in there. Friend, if you think you're in the fire alone, there's another man in there. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. If you need victory tonight, if you're in the furnace tonight, if you feel like the enemy's trying to steal something from you, hold it. Hold your faith. Don't lose it. Don't drop it. And even if you drop it, friend, pick it back up again. Don't wait. You know why? Because if God is on the move today, we want to be a part of it. Don't drop it. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for the next group. Don't wait for the next bus. If God's going right now, get on the bus. Go. Go. If you need a victory tonight, every single one of us here, there's something 
We may not we may not even be fighting right now. You can say, Brother Jake, everything's fine, everything's good. Well, friend, don't wait till you're in the middle of a storm to praise God. Praise God in the storm. Praise God outside of the storm. If that's you, friend, every person here, let's get to the altar and let's thank God for the victory. Either he's given us now or that he's going.